Today's episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast features discussion of some adult themes and some adult language. So maybe hide the kids for this one. I'm a mouthful, just like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh. Hey, brother. Terry Bollea is not a mouthful. Only Hulk I can't Hogan. Wait to, I can't wait to Hulk sues this program. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guy, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. All right, gang. Welcome back. You have arrived once again at the mothership. The Lions of Liberty podcast, your home for all things liberty, or at least some things liberty, some of which we'll be discussing later on today's show. This is episode number 196. You can find the show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 196, where we will feature links to everything we discuss in today's show. I'd like to briefly remind you before we get into things about a very, very, very easy way you can help support this program. That is by shopping at our Amazon affiliate link. You can find that over at lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon. Amazon, if you don't know it, is awesome because they sell literally everything on the planet and deliver it to your door. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. And if you shop through our link over at lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon, we'll get a small kickback to keep the lights on here at the Lions of Liberty Studios and keep bringing you this program at no extra cost for yourself. So really, there's no excuse to do it unless you just hate us. And if that's the case, why are you even listening? I don't know. But moving along, this is another roundtable discussion we're going to have today. Because it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. We had a solid week of interviews last week, talking to Matt Kibbe and talking to Chris Ann Hall. Before that, we had Eric July, a great set of interviews. You can find all of those over at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast or by clicking back in your iTunes feed, your Stitcher feed, however it is you listen to this program. And first, before we get further into things, I've got some guests to bring on, starting with the man sometimes located to my left in the studio, but today located about... Oh, I don't know. 1.3 miles away, you might say, down the street over in Culver City, Brian McWilliams. Yo. I may also still be to your left. I don't know what direction you're facing. Um, probably yeah, your right, like probably my, your back. Kind of like, like my the, back left. The back of your head. Yeah. Which is perfect because if I want to sneak up on you and just pow right in the back of the skull. You need to be very uh, sneaky. If, if you would need to be continually recording the podcast the whole time for me not to get onto your scheme. So I'm recording on my laptop, so it's possible to do it. If, if you can stay on a Wi-Fi connection the whole Don't time. Don't count it out. Let us know, fans, if you want a special episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast where I sneak up on Mark and sock him in the back of the head. Yeah, you can send us that feedback uh, by joining our <laughs> private Facebook group. A great time to plug that by searching. That's where you the, hear it from. It's the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. Come give us feedback there. Wonderful thing. Uh, I'd also like to bring in as well our official slash unofficial legal counsel, the man hailing from Cleveland, the man known simply as R-I-C-O, Rico. Uh, Great to be talking to you for the first time today. Yes, it's the first time. We have not tried to restart this show six times at all. Yes. And I didn't just kick a seven-year-old out of my office near tears because he was making noise. So none of those things happened. How did he get out of your trunk? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and why is there a seven-year-old in your office? There are so many questions here, but we're That's not going to address them today for legal he reasons. Your, he saw your face on the uh, Skype, and he was intrigued. Really? He saw Which the, one, the, mine or Mark? He saw the stupid guy? Yeah, he, did, he saw the stupid guy. Brian's logo is just BM, which is fitting for all his trips to the bathroom. Huh. Yeah, what can I say? I'm a regular person. <laughs> Moving this on. podcast is starting off smashingly. <laughs> well, it's hey, uh, didn't you want to talk about the Browns just as a natural segue? It's starting off much it. more smashingly than the first six times we tried to start the show. So we're, we're yeah. doing all right. 
And by the I, way, if you hear a slate uh, rapping at my podcast door, that is not the Raven. Uh, that's my asshole dog, Hank, who is doing that. So all right. uh, maybe I'll post a picture of We're him already in the show cursing. notes. All right. We got an explicit episode for you today, guys. Just decided by Brian McWilliams. That's not that explicit. It's explicit enough for iTunes standards. Oh, man. But that's why our fans listen, because we're just explicit. And we say whatever comes to our minds, except for when we censor ourselves for legal reasons, which is often. Anyway, speaking of legal reasons, anything going on in the world of law, Rico, that we should know about? Well, everything's going on, on, starting with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. That's that's actually a good topic to talk about. I think we should address Hulk Hogan for a few minutes. A, because he's a cultural icon. And uh, B, because he's got, what is it, 52-inch pythons? I always get the number wrong. 48-inch pythons. He's got some pythons. If we're talking about in this case, shouldn't we talk about something else? Because this this case is sex tape related after all. Brian, it's called a segue. I was going to get there. When you started off saying 52 inches, I said, whoa. (laughs) He got got several million per inch. (laughs) And per second uh, of the video. I wish I got paid that way. Actually, before we before we move on to Hulk's inches, I, we should just briefly, you know, we usually have like a four or five man panel th- on this thing. And uh, we actually lost at the last minute. Not lost. He's alive. But uh, our good friend and associate, the host of Felony Friday, John Odermatt, he had to drop out at the last minute because uh, apparently he was uh, poisoned by his daughter's vaccines or something like that. I don't know. His, daughter, his lovely daughter, Rubio. Ruby <laughs> got a shot. <laughs> See that Rubio nickname is just sticking with me. We never should have done that. I'm never going to be able to call her anything otherwise. Uh, he, she finally got her flu vaccines uh, at the age of six months. And uh, suddenly, suddenly Odie is sick and has the flu for the first time in like 10 years. I'm not saying the vaccines caused it. I'm just saying. Do they usually give babies flu vaccine? I, I know they can like, cause he was going for like the yes. six month booster shot, but they give him the flu vaccine as well. Rico, well, you're the the flu, oh, that's what he, they got. The yeah, he said vaccine? that she got a she got a, a flu, flu vaccine, vaccine as well, which I was surprised by. Hmm. But a lot, I mean, a, a statistic, I think like thirty three percent of the people that get the shot get the flu anyway. I'm like, what are your odds of getting the flu without the shot? Let's be honest; they're not that much better or worse. I've never gotten a single flu shot, and I think I've gotten the flu when it was actually the flu, maybe once in my life. When it was actually the flu. What it, when it's actually it like the, the flu that was going around that you're supposed to get the shot for. Okay. It was like 50 strains of flu. So well, they like never that. even know which. They just like guess a strain and then they give you that. And then if you get another one, well, oh, well. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, well, you should have gotten this other flu shot we had down the block for $70. It's uh, a racket. Yes. All right. So I, shout out to Odie. We hope you get better. We hope that everything works out with the vaccines. And now, finally, we can move on to Hulk Hogan's Many inches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of sticking it in things. Uh-huh. Now, for, for people that don't know what we're referring to, um, this is the Hulk Hogan versus Gawker uh, civil suit, which is basically um, Hogan was suing Gawker or actually Terry Bollea was suing Gawker, not Hulk Hogan. And this is an important distinction, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, basically, there was this sex tape that Hulk Hogan uh, was recorded by his friend, Bubba the Love Sponge, banging his wife, not Hulk Hogan's wife, he doesn't have one anymore, but Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, uh, this was released by Gawker several years ago. Uh, that was pretty scandalous at the time. Hogan has been suing them over that. But uh, part of that sex tape release was also the um, the dialogue of Hulk Hogan uh, using some racial epithets and saying some racial slurs, which actually did cost him quite a bit of money because that resulted in the termination of his ambassador 
Legends contract with WWE, which was worth a good chunk of money. So he ended up uh, kind of not doing too well as a result of that, but he ended up suing uh, Gawker basically on, well, Rico, you're the lawyer here. Why don't you tell me, uh, do you have any insight into the legal grounds that, that Hogan was, was going after Gawker on? Oh, basically it was an invasion of privacy lawsuit. He said Gawker, you know, one invaded his privacy by posting the video and uh, caused his reputation massive harm, which uh, <laughs> I guess would be true given the not the really the sex tape portion, which was edited, but uh, the um, resulting dialogue, which you said, whereas Gawker kind of claimed that they have wide discretion in reporting what is news, especially because Hogan is a celebrity. And Hogan has lived a very public life, obviously. Uh, this is not his first scandal or his first time in the news. So I kind of thought the verdict was a little surprising, especially being so high. Um, when you figure in Hogan's age, his kind of, you would think his declining marketability even before this whole tape. But uh the jury sided with him. So I don't know. He seemed, he seemed to be working pretty steadily before. Uh, I mean, wherever he went, he always still had a job. Even when his actual well, wrestling career de- declined, he worked for that TNA terrible company. And then he got a job with WWE again. So I, I would say it, it definitely impacted his bottom line. I don't know if it cost him $150 million yeah. or where they come up with that figure. but Well, I'm just saying his – I think his earning potential now and going forward is definitely less than it was in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, he's kind of on the, you would think, the decline as far as his uh, stardom, but they certainly paid him or found that he was deserving of a pretty penny, which may or may not really, he'll never get that. It was $155 million, I think, after punitive damages. He's never going to get anything, anywhere close to that because Gawker will appeal and I bet it'll end up with some kind of settlement. Where... And I think a, a large part of that settlement was attributed to like this one dude who has like no money to his name. He has like twenty seven thousand in student loans and no assets. So like obviously not getting any of that money. So. Oh, I, I didn't even know ten? about that. Like the, not the owner there, of Gawker. No, it's a... it's like one of the it's like one of the guys in the in the suit. I I, I was just listening about this earlier, so uh, you know I don't have the details because I. <laughs> Come on, I'm like you want me to prepare for the show. Come on, is Bubba but, uh, the Love Sponge uh, in this in any way? Because oh, isn't so he the guy that screwed him over? Very and interesting. The tape to Gawker in the first place. Very interesting. You bring that up because the reason that Bubba the Love Sponge was not in this, I guess uh, he actually settled with Hogan separately. Forget this for like five thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. Interesting, right? The guy that yeah. actually recorded this secretly, supposedly, I don't know. Maybe Hogan knew. Maybe he didn't. No evidence that he did. Uh, the guy this re- that recorded Hulk Hogan or Terry Bollea banging his wife is basically fine in the clear five thousand dollar settlement, and yet Gawker <laughs> owes one hundred and fifteen million because they didn't settle. <laughs> so, well, I was under the impression that initially that uh, Hogan knew that Bubba was taping it. It That's was what all I thought kind too. Of, we're all amongst friends here, type of thing. Oh yeah, maybe he did. It was the it was the releasing it part that I guess was the issue. Yeah, I think that was kind of the trouble. And I think they still say they got it from an anonymous source, but who the hell else is going to have it besides Bubba the? Lo- Why am I saying names like Bubba the Love Sponge on it? Because it's fun to like, say, man. <laughs> love Sponge. Have you seen this guy? By the way, he does not look like a love. Well, he looks like a sponge. I feel like that's not that. the kind of guy I'd want to Google pictures of. <laughs> you may Just regret based it. upon his name alone. It may be too uh, no, late. Thanks. 
But wait, hey, does this the ruling? I'm also a little bit surprised at the ruling, just in that you know they they came by the sex tape legally. It was sold to them by a person who was taping. Although I guess it it all comes down to you're not allowed to record someone without their knowledge, right? And that's that is that why they awarded it to him the invasion of privacy? Because otherwise, you think no, maybe it's also because of like the whole like that that legislation that passed where you can't tape, you can't post revenge porn either. No, I mean it's it's not like a it's not like a it's a civil proceeding, so it's more about the damages. It's not about breaking a specific law. Yeah, that's true. I guess it was because Gawker posted it to their website, and then I think they figured or calculated that it it had two and a half million views. So Gawker was kind of the uh, avenue that everyone got to see this. And they and they wrote an article up about it, kind of <laughs> blow by blow, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why they ultimately, um, I guess, got damn uh, the uh, award against them. So, so an interesting aspect of this case was that you know Hulk, they they would bring up that Hulk Hogan was kind of out there, almost bragging sometimes about his sexual exploits, and then they're kind of saying, "Look, you." This doesn't damage him. He's already saying he does stuff like this. You know, he's he's on the radio talking about his 10-inch penis. And then in, in the trial, Hulk Hogan says, whoa, 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 bro. I'm, that's not me. That's not me, Terry Bollea. That's Hulk Hogan, the TV character, the character I play. So he's saying that when I'm on these radio shows and I'm, I'm talking about my 10-inch penis, I'm not talking about... Uh, Terry Bollea, me, the guy who's a private citizen, who's a defendant in this courtroom, or not a defendant, but he's he's initiating this lawsuit. He's saying that's that's this character I play on TV named Hulk Hogan, who's got a huge dick, and me, Terry Bollea. That they're not talking about me because I don't have a ten inch penis, so it couldn't have been me. It was just it's the most surreal thing to see. I, I'll post the clip in the show notes, but it's just an incredible thing that, that a that this happened in in a court in America, and and uh yeah, well the fact that it was said as a, by a human being at all is kind of mind blowing. It's kind of funny because in, uh, when I was listening to Hogan in the 80s talk about say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and uh, whatever the other one was, I don't remember him talking about his penis. There was no, <laughs> there was no mention of it at all. Uh, that must have been the heel Hulk Hogan. Miss those interviews. I think that was one of his first finishing moves was the mighty foreskin, but they uh, they cut it out. Like, hey, Hulk, uh, maybe hey, you can go with the people's that. elbow, man. <laughs> go with the leg drop. We think that'll be better than the foreskin drop, I think, for the kids. <laughs> It'll play better with the MTV cartoon we're trying to make. I don't know, brother. I got a pretty massive foreskin. Raw. <laughs> That's my. I don't know if that was my Hulk Hogan or my Alex Jones. I'm still. I'm still. Well, I'm still kind of confused. The other thing is, you know, we're all wrestling fans. Obviously, huge wrestling fans. Not Brian. we all. Brian is a, is a detractor. Well, he's an right. idiot. But anyways, um, smart ones of us. I don't really think this is a kind of a, even the whole racist tirade. I don't think it's going to keep him out for another, you know, more than another year. Or uh, so. no, he'll be at WrestleMania 33. No yes. doubt about it. Oh, hey, he's just had to go even more evil. I mean, he looked, he already, he was, he went like evil and he came back with the, you know, like all the black. What, did he dye his mustache black? You are a fan. You know, I just know about when he switched sides. So he came back and he was like a black bandana and a black mustache. Yes, that was so Hollywood. The next Hogan. step, uh, if he wants to come back, is just to do complete blackface, right? And that I'm sure that'll go over well. <laughs> that would As, be considering his racial step. comments. Oh, Hulk! What have you done? So let's. This is actually difficult, I think, for for me to to figure out because let, let's try to like filter this through a sort of a liberty lens, if you will. Uh, I mean, should should a human being, celebrity or not, have have the right to, I guess, not have a not have a private recording made public about them against their will? 
I, I mean, I think it's it's a difficult issue because, I mean, okay, you can say if we're going by the non-aggression principle that was he physically aggressed against? I mean, I don't know. It depends on how we define aggression. Is recording someone and releasing it an act of aggression? What do you guys think? I say, I say it's definitely an act of aggression, 100%. But, I mean, it's... I, it, what, Why? What's your basis a, for that? I'm not saying well, it's not. Because, I mean, I, I think it's an attack on, I mean, it, when you say it's not a physical attack, but you look at all the different ramifications that has, if that, you know, when that tape gets released, the amount of stress it's causing, the amount of relationships it's causing, it caused somebody to kill themselves. So by by virtue of extending that down and seeing what what different things are going to fall down dominoes-wise after that tape is released to the media, ruin it could it really could ruin someone's life. I say that is without a doubt aggression. That, that act of releasing it, especially against their will, which is a key phrase, is most definitely an act of aggression. I agree. And I, I think um, it's even more obvious in a, a similar case, I guess, kind of that came out. You're both familiar with Aaron Andrews, I'm assuming. Yes. Where she got a $55 million verdict against the operators of the Nashville Marriott because some guy was reversed her people and was filming her and then released those. Now, in no way did she do anything wrong in this situation. You know, she was in alone. She thought, you know, privacy of her own, own uh, hotel room where some guys videotaping it, then publishes it. So, you know, I think she, she has a, a much even more obvious claim that her rights, uh, were violated in that circumstance. She didn't do anything that could be seen as unbecomely uh, <clears throat> uh, like Hulk Hogan did, you know, whether you think <laughs> what he did was right or wrong. Um, certainly there's some kind of, uh, you know, you look at it with a little kind of hesitation, but, uh, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. And uh, I certainly think her rights were violated in that circumstance where, you know, she did nothing that could uh, be construed as, as negative at all. Now, is here's a question for you because I one of the things that concerns me a little bit about this ruling is you know you say okay, freedom of the press is obviously important, and if this comes down to let's say it is a high ranking general for the military that has been caught on tape doing something untowardly or making deals with uh, though that could affect national security something like that, and that is leaked by the media. How then, you know, and granted, this this was a civil case, so it wouldn't be a civil case. But I wonder in that regard, though, how that would apply to uh, legal rulings moving forward. Well, I think the first key aspect there is that in the case of Hogan, I mean, he wasn't doing anything illegal on these tapes. He was just having sex with a woman, not raping her. He was saying some things that people might be offended by, but he's not breaking any laws. So, I mean, there is you can never make an argument that this was some virtuous release of a tape for the public good or anything like that. Whereas in the case you're talking about, if they caught some general, you know, making some shady deal and actually, you know, screwing over national security or, or something like that. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not talking from a legal aspect. I'll let Rico do that. But to me, that that would actually you could actually make an argument that would be like in the interest of the public good. That's at least the way I see it from my pedestrian angle. Yeah, um, I think in, in Brian's hypothetical, there's definitely more discretion given to the media to publish things that are, are going to be noteworthy. And um, in that circumstance, I think that would probably override any fact or considerations of privacy on behalf of the general, especially when you're considering, you know, national, whether it be national security or, or the national good, so to speak. So it's always a balancing test in, yeah. in every situation. And you got to kind of look at, well, wh- wh- were the, uh, you know, 
how strong are the arguments in favor of the invasion of privacy and how strong are the arguments in, in favor of the media. And I think when you look at Hogan's uh, or Terry Bollea's right to privacy. Careful, brother. Careful, brother. <laughs> <laughs> they figured, yeah, that that is a stronger, you know, uh, claim than the uh, claim that Gawker had of, you know, the right of the public to consume viewing of a sex tape. You know, I, I guess that's not really high on the priorities that they look at, you know, you look to the media for. I thought that was the 42nd Amendment, right of the public to view a sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It's still, it's got, it got held up in the house. <laughs> when I run for president uh, in 2020 or perhaps 2024, that'll be one of my leading platforms. The I'm a libertarian, but we need to adjust this constitution a little bit to the right to review everyone's sex tapes. <laughs> come on, guys. And my argument will be, come on. Then we can guys, all be constitutional on. scholars specializing in the 42nd Amendment. And by then, maybe we'll have 41 amendments total. Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be shocked. So what would you say at the end of the day, guys? Do you think justice was served here? Or is this this verdict? And he's not going to get all this money. This is going to be appealed. And he, all the money's not even there. So he'll get some portion of this. But I, mean, I don't think he's going to get of the – he's not going to get one of those giant checks like they give you in the lottery for $115 million. But, um, you know, was justice served here? Was was ultimately the, the, right, the right side – did the right side win here? Forgetting the, for the actual figures. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I don't think you can really forget the figures. I don't think you can take that out of the equation. I think okay. Hogan, you know, was right that that he won, but a hundred fifteen million dollar verdict could have the effect of you know suppressing some type of media. And it wasn't long after the verdict came out that all types of uh, sports stars came out like cheering it because they hate Gawker because yeah Gawker, we can do sex tapes all we want now <laughs> yeah Gawker was you know <laughs> they weren't very fond of Gawker for releasing stuff about them um, and it doesn't just have to be sex tapes that Gawker's releasing and, and if they're you know shut down then there's a whole kind of avenue of or, or a way that people are going to get celebrity news that's that's cut off and you know the value of that is is debatable, but certainly there there is a you know a valid need to be able to report on on different things that people are going to find noteworthy. So I think the the verdict, the size of the verdict, is definitely um, too much. Yeah, I mean, I think the size of the verdict. Yeah, you're right. You can't just toss it aside because I mean you're basically putting Gawker out of business. I don't know if they'll literally go out of business, but I mean just by that amount of money, if they really had to write that check and and it it could hamper. I mean, I think any any online website that does this kind of journalism, even if it's not always as unserious as Gawker is, it, you know, Gawker's really just there for for fun, basically. But I mean, it, it could actually hamper more serious journalists who might err on the side of not releasing something just because they might look at the Aaron Andrews case, look at the Hogan case, and say we can't even afford this risk because what happens to us next? We might be the ones that get the, the two hundred million dollar verdict against them, and and then we're gone. So I mean, I, I can definitely well, see how even if the Hogan's are the right. Question. Was was the case against Gawker or against Nick Denton? I think both, right? Because I if it was just it. against Gawker, then people could say, okay, well, you know what? In the in Ga- let's say Gawker folds, somebody else will spring up, and as long as there's a company that can protect them, and it's not an individual on the line. I, it'll I still believe happen. Gawker is responsible, but Nick Denton is also 
like named as some, as one of the There's responsible parties. It's not yeah. 150 million to Gawker. It's like it's like divided up between the, Gawker and a, a couple individuals. One of them is that guy that has like no money. So he's yeah, like I mean, I do think I I agree that the the amount he has been given is too much because you look at how much could Gawker have possibly made, how much of the profit they didn't profit pretty in good the amount of 150 million. Um, Probably not but, that much, but yeah, they definitely but, I mean, profited. <laughs> 2.5 million views. Yeah, no, they definitely profited, but you know, and they and without a doubt. Hulk should have gotten quite a bit of money, but uh, 150 million is a exceptionally large. That's like more money than a professional baseball player has signed for a 10 year contract. And he's getting that all in one lump sum from this one, you know, what two minute long sex tape that uh, nobody could stomach. Hey, brother, that thing was about 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Did uh, anyone ask Kim Kardashian her thoughts on the verdict? Because um, she definitely didn't get 150 million dollars for releasing her sex tape. Well, I think when you I think when you are actively. Part of the release, you don't really get that. I think wasn't it, did it, didn't it come down to like her mom was actually the one. No, that kind of I thought her. she was in on it the whole time, anyways. But yeah. she probably thought, "Well, shit, if I fought it, or maybe I didn't just give it to him. If only someone stole it, I could have been a, a lot." I mean, well, the problem is you have to to fight it. She was not famous at the time, though. Remember that. So she, there's nothing. There's nothing for her to fight. Well, she was already the daughter of someone a, famous. As I mean, a real big celebrity, she was you know? in the celebrity circles, though. She's the daughter of Robert Kardashian. Yeah, She's but the, she wasn't Kim Kardashian, the mega super. They wouldn't have given her 115 million dollars. They would have given her a you know here's a here's a million bucks because you're a nobody yet. You know, a paltry a, million. Yeah. She's not, yeah, she's, well, she wasn't a big someone's gotta re- Someone should release a sex tape of me. I need to sue. I need to get this this money out there. <laughs> we all need to. Come on, guys. Let's get in on it. Maybe uh, we should all record sex tapes of each other. Sue each other. We'll all we'll have a shell company of Lions of Liberty. We'll all sue Lions of this. It's <laughs> not going to work, is it? Let's take out a massive loan for Lions Especially of when Liberty. they play this podcast back. Like, we literally have them recording their Cody's plot. Cody's not on the podcast, so let's set him up as a patsy. Let's have him register Lions of Liberty, take out a big loan, and then we'll sue him. We might want to avoid using the Lions of Liberty name in, in relation to this. I'm just, just tossing that idea out there. And then what an episode of Felony Friday. Maybe like, <laughs> yeah. I'm currently embroiled. We, we can all be guests. <laughs> we're, we, all made, we all got million-dollar sediments, but we're all in jail for recording each other. So we're just all screwed. Uh, the best part of this is that we got to talk about Hulk Hogan for 20 minutes on this podcast, and it actually made sense. That's the cool part. I'm a big fan. It's of that. like warming up for next weekend, really. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Questions. You and your you yes, and your wrestle fest course, you love. Rico and I are actually going to uh, Dallas, Texas, to to view some wrestling live. I do not think we will see Hulk Hogan in person, but we will see many, many other men in tights, and that's going to be wonderful. And that's Including all. Kane, who was on the podcast. Quite possibly, including Kane, one of my very first guests. And now that it's been mentioned, I will link to my interview with Kane, Mr. Glenn Jacobs, in the show notes. And I'm actually going to look into having him back on the show soon because it's been a while. I I always appreciate that some of these guys that came on before anybody had heard of Lions of Liberty because I had just made it up out of thin air, the podcast. And uh, he came on before I even really had an episode. So that was awesome hint. So props to Kane. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Keep choke slamming people to hell. It's I can't wait until three minutes in the interview. is like, oh, you know what? It's good. You don't suck anymore. It's much better now. Because <laughs> that was really awkward last time. It was so. truly horrible. A nightmare of an experience for me. Perhaps he can have another interview when we run into him at the bar. Perhaps. There you um, go. Are there any other wrestling topics we can somehow talk no, about? If we could do a no full wrestling, wrestling. Show, No, we've got one objector. Okay. Oh, I want to talk about this think. North Carolina legislature law blocking 
if I, you guys, I, I'm hoping you've heard about this because I think it's uh, it's got two sides of the coin we can debate. So well, North Carolina pretend State, we didn't and pretend our listeners didn't. You can tell us your okay. version of it. Here's what's up. And this just happened. So the North Carolina State Legislature. North Carolina. Passed. So Ric Flair is involved in this, right? <laughs> Woo! All right. I should just what? I should just stop being involved in this. If you just uh, want to hang up, me and Rico could just talk. Yeah, you guys wrestling. can just transfer us into that a great, wrestling actually. podcast. Okay, so anyway, the North Carolina legislature passed a law blocking governments, local governments, like cities, towns, from passing anti-discrimination rules to grant protections to gay and transgender people. So what are your thoughts on that? Because from one side, you say, okay, you know, our our uh, our stance has been that, you know, people should be able to discriminate as they like, essentially, and then bear the brunt of that. You know, the, the backlash for that. Everybody's got equal rights. But if you're a, an owner of a business and you say, I don't want to serve gays, then you can't be forced to serve them. But you have to deal with the repercussions of that. So by them passing this law, basically saying everybody's got that that right now. Does that infringe on the, you know, the, the privileges and the liberties of the people in these cities and towns then to say, well, we disagree? Um, I yeah, I kind of think think so, because I think the, uh, you know, the smaller you go, the more control you should be able to have over the, you know, governance over the laws. And so if you're in a, a locality and they want to pass some kind of law, you're free to advocate against it you know, uh, run a campaign, do whatever you want. And in theory, it should be able, you know, easier to kind of put, promote your position. Whereas when you go to the, the state, it's going to be a little bit harder. And certainly at the federal level, it's going to be harder. So I, I, I don't really see why the state is doing this. And uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going it's, to, it's probably not going to work out in the long run. But I mean, I'm going to follow it. I'm interested to see how it kind of plays out in, in practice. Yeah, that's a, that's a confused me, too, is why are they going out of their way where they're like, OK, because Charlotte had passed a measure protecting uh, the LGBTQ community from being discriminated against by businesses in the city. That was what they voluntarily did. So then, you know, North Carolina said, ah, no. So I agree. It seems a surprise that they go out of their way to be like, no, no, Charlotte, you can't do this. Rather be like, well, Charlotte wants to do it, whatever the hell. You know, screw it. The the other interesting thing, just on a constitutional ground, is that I guess, and it's been a while since I really kind of thought about this, but typically if you're what they call, you know, a, a discreet and insular minority, which could be sexual orientation, religion, race, basically you're you're less able to protect your rights against, you know, the majority imposing their will on you. You're, you're afforded at least any law infringing on that is subject to greater scrutiny. So it has to have a, you know, a, a very specific and uh, positive or I'm trying to, I'm forgetting the word, but it has to have a, a very um, close adherence to the constitution. So I wonder if this law will, will go up to the Supreme court at some point in time for them to take a look at it. Well, we can only hope because Lord knows we don't have the Supreme Court addressing important enough issues. <laughs> and look, I, I don't deny that this is an important issue for the people that it affects, but I don't know. I think sometimes we're making national national issues out of things that are just like should just I mean, there's bigger things in the world. And I look, if you're a gay or lesbian and this that you could be discriminated against, obviously, maybe there's not a bigger thing in the world. So, I mean, I don't want to 
downplay why why people would have concerns over this, but uh, it seems I don't I really don't understand anybody whether they're a lawmaker or otherwise who spends a tremendous amount of time thinking about how we can discriminate against gays and lesbians or anyone for that matter because it just seems like. Uh, a, an issue to, I don't know, rile up evangelicals or piss off the progressive left. I, I don't see the actual purpose in pursuing these political agendas. I mean, I, I just don't. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, it's it's It boggles the mind. And especially because you think about all the different protections that are already in place in these local communities, by the way. Like Charlotte, they already have a place, a, you know, in protections in place for race, age, religion, gender, all these other things, right? And then this law only specifically is outlawing uh, people is or is allowing, I'd say, protecting people's right to discriminate based upon sexual identity. So it's like they've got all these other protections, but they're specifically going after these two. And I think that is beyond crazy. Uh, and you know, like I said, I, I mean, I I have to see this going up to the Supreme Court. It has to. Which will it have nine members by the time it gets there? Hey, now, there's a transition. Do we want to talk about that at all? Because this is something that people have actually asked me about in real life. They say, uh, you know, oh, what's your what's your opinion on the Supreme Court thing? Shouldn't the Republicans have to hold hearings? And and then or, or the other side. Oh, isn't Obama terrible trying to appoint a Supreme Court nominee? It's like uh, I, I, but both sides are wrong. Both sides are right. I mean, yeah, it's the president's obligation to nominate a Supreme Court nominee. It's Congress's prerogative to review and and confirm a nominee but they don't have to actually confirm the person and there's nothing obligating them to hold hearings at a specific time i don't believe uh so really they're both playing po- politics here and it's and it's the same old shit and i don't feel like debating it not i mean we can debate it with you guys but i don't feel like debating it with the man on the street who thinks that this is uh you know the more, most important issue of our time i just find the whole strategy of the republicans a little bit puzzling it seems to go it just seems to be a, a doomed kind of the strategy to start it it reminds me of when boehner was trying to you know block the budget or whatever it was a few years ago and he just knew well he's going to fold eventually and this it doesn't make the republicans look good like you're really not going to hold just automatically not going to hold a hearing for an entire almost a year because you don't like obama it seems a little you know, why don't you actually see who he has to nominate? And he, he did nominate uh, a guy from the, I think, D.C. circuit. You know, you quiz, they have to go through the whole scrutiny. And if you, you know, see, see where it goes from there. But just to automatically say, no matter who he nominates, we're not going to have a hearing on. Yeah, I mean, I think really? it'd be, it would make a lot more sense for them to just allow the hearings, hold the hearing. Okay. President Obama nominated this Garland guy. Let's hold a hearing. Uh, It turns out he holds these positions we think are unconstitutional and terrible that a Supreme court judge shouldn't hold. So hold the hearings, you know, tell people why you think he's wrong and don't confirm the guy. I mean, that's fine. From a strategic standpoint, it makes no sense to reveal. It's like, it's like, you know, you're fighting a war and you're like, here's my entire battle plan. Here's it's laid out. Here's how you can counter punch me. It's like, why would you do it so early? I agree with you, Mark. If you're going to, if you're going to, fight against it, which they would do anyway. Just let it happen so you can break down the points rather than having public opinion turn against you and lawmakers' opinions turn against you to say, well, it doesn't matter because they're automatically going to say, nah, yeah, we don't want him because he's Obama nominated him. Again, it's a stupid strategy. It doesn't make any sense. But the thing is, I will say this. From a public standpoint, their base, Republican base, is not going to care about their moves. They think it's a good thing to do. So, 
you know, I guess the Republicans are looking at us, eh, we got nothing to lose. Screw it. We're just going to throw all in and, and try to fight it on a, a wing and a prayer. But what is the Republican base as far as the overall elector, you know, people that are going to vote? Yeah, 30 percent. OK, so 30 percent. What's the Democrat? Close to 30 to 40, maybe? Yeah, th- same thing, 30 percent. The last polls so, that came out, most people were uh, more independent slash actually more, a lot more people were libertarian. Uh, don't make me go on this independent rant again. Independence, bitch. Because I, I will. Independence are bitches because they're not independent, <laughs> damn it. They always no, vote for, they, they have this whole category of voter called independent, <laughs> and every four fucking years, they go and vote for a Democrat or Republican. I'm sick of hearing this term. They're not independent. They're sucking on this goddamn two party teach. Can you tell this? It's the, you know, I think people are just saying they're independence because they, it's the it very hipster thing to do. They're like, no, no, I reject the system. I'm an independent. But you're right. It's most people is, Anyway, okay. gotta go vote like, for yeah. Hillary to stop Trump. Gotta go vote Trump to stop Hillary. Right. Like, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. It really ticks me off. I don't know why. I Probably because I've, I've literally been independent in my voting and in my political thoughts for so long that I feel like they usurp the term when I see these people marching out to Hillary Clinton and telling telling me how independent they are. Just yeah. stop. Stop it. Well, it's because, yeah, we went door to door for Ron Paul before. And when you actually hear people literally telling you that, you know, they're going to vote this party just because that's the party they joined. And they're going to vote for him no matter what. And and uh, one person can't win because it's a two-party system, essentially. That's what drives you insane. And that's because, when like you said, point your finger at them and they say, vote for one of the two goddamn parties anyway. And that's when we say, you're the problem. That's exactly what I did yell at people. That's why <laughs> that's, I didn't get many signatures. And that's why, that's why you got three signatures for Ron Paul. <laughs> three emails, exactly. <laughs> and two of those were fuckyourself at gmail.com. And the other one was me, so... <laughs> really effective canvassing we did uh, for Ron Paul out here in California. You're welcome, Ron. <laughs> uh, if only I just started a podcast instead. We could have bared so much more Liberty Fruit. That's, that's so true. Uh, but podcasting technology is in the dark. Uh, I, I would like, not have wanted to. rub two rocks together and plug a raccoon into the wall with tinfoil on it. Yeah, been horrible. yeah, I really wouldn't want to hear 2008 Mark Claire hosting a podcast. That guy was fucking weird and nutty. I mean, this one is too, but that one was worse. <laughs> Probably couldn't string two sentences you, together you back toned then. Toned down the sharp edges a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, what else is in the news, guys? Anything else we got to hit on here? Well, what about, yes. Okay. Um, what about RG3 the, signing with the Browns? Okay, well, do we have another three hours? Is that what we got? <laughs> we got whatever I'll we want. I'll have to go to the That's store the for thing. more alcohol. <laughs> we well, can uh, talk about RG3 if you want. No, <laughs> there's no liberty guy screaming in there. at the top of his lungs. For All right, we'll, we'll come back to RG3 in six out. weeks when a sex tape comes out. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Should a person be allowed to willingly move to Cleveland? <laughs> Coming up next. The Cleveland um, ordinance has passed to allow people to discriminate against everyone else to drive people out of the state and the city. So what about these, uh, the protesters? I, I don't, I guess it's not oh, a huge God. No, Probably. No, well, it is. The, the protesters in Arizona blocking the highway. Um, the so-called I guess it's kind of like a heckler's veto type of thing where, you know, I'm no fan of Trump. But if you are a fan of him, I think you should be able to rally. And uh, go to his, you know, whatever demonstrations he's holding and, and conduct and, and be nonviolent. And you shouldn't uh, be prevented from going there because people don't like the viewpoint. I didn't even see this story. So that's what they're, they're basically blocking all access points to the. Event. Well, it, it happened a couple of weeks or a week ago or so where the highway people were basically laying down on the highway and, and preventing 
people yeah. from one lady uh like locked herself with a u-lock like the kind you use like for your bike uh like over on her neck to like a, a truck of like the state highway patrol or something to as, as part of this protest well i say drag it till she comes off and the funny thing is i mean it's not funny uh, but uh, i mean she's uh against trump because of his immigration stance and um i guess uh, after she got arrested they sent her to ice because i guess she might not be illegal <laughs> that's called not thinking your plan through that's called yeah that's called i really should have thought this through further god i guess well it, it drives me insane when people block any through fair like i, I there's people in la that worst on form bicycles of protest all the time yeah it's the worst form of protest because all it does is piss everyone off and make everybody hate you you're not you're not helping anything people just hate you people that might be on your side now hate you because they can't get to work and they're three hours late and look if you don't like what donald trump is saying or doing or whatever Go show up. Go show up with signs. Have a counter rally, a counter protest. I'm all about that. But when you start going into his rallies and tearing signs from people's hands or when you block streets because you don't like the guy, well, guess what? You're you're worse than you think he is because you are now the fascists. You are the ones who are the the boot, the, the jackboot thugs. You're the ones that are trying to shut down speech because you don't like it. You're becoming what you think Donald Trump is, which he may be, but he has not shown it to, to that level and, and by any means. And it just it just drives me crazy. And they're they're killing their own cause and they're making Trump more popular and they don't even freaking know it and they're idiots yeah and that's the, by polling anyway if that's to be believed that's exactly what happens every time these idiots do a stunt like this he gets more popular he literally gets more votes people and they do polls and say i'm uh no i'm actually more inclined to vote for him now because fuck those people because he says that, oh they, people say oh well he's pissing these people off and i can't stand those people so okay maybe he's onto something that's what yeah, they all precisely think. but yeah this this form of protest is is just idiotic especially for something like this i mean because you know the way i look at it is we get pissed off this is obviously a a bridge maybe a bridge too far for comparison but all right we say okay you want to you want to kill a terrorist and u.s drops bombs and ends up killing five children as well but you say oh well it's the collateral damage that's these people the collateral damage from this stupid protest that they're causing that's what they don't get and they don't understand it's like you're hurting a wide swath of people with your stupid myopic views and again Go protest the venue, like you said. Protest online. Write a letter to your congressman. I mean, I don't your, even uh, care if they protest. Newspaper. I don't even mind if they protest at the venue, but don't right. go inside it and start shit with people. But you also can't block people's entry to that venue because right. that's infringing yes. on their rights. Exactly. You should not be able to block their entrance way. Like you can protest, but get the hell out of the way. That's their right to go in there. Freedom of speech. You know, yeah, just like you said. When your they, perceived right of assembly infringes on the rights of others to assemble, well, then now you are the rights violators. Exactly right. It's, it's just really irritating that, you know, people say, well, your point of view, it doesn't deserve to have a forum. And we're the judge of that. And I could disagree with, you know, 95 percent of what Trump says, but I certainly think he has the right to say it. And people have the right to go listen to him say it. And there, no one else has the right to say, no, you don't. Th- that idea is not valid and you're not allowed to hear it. And, and think about it. What are the protesters the most angry about of Trump's policies? It's not the same things we don't like about. We we get upset when he says, yeah, I want to torture people and uh, the military will just follow my orders. Like, that's what pisses us off. Or when he talks about eminent domain, like these are the things that rankle the, the liberty folks or not all of them because we got libertarians for Trump, too. But whatever. Different story. But, uh, you know, the, th- the thing that they're most mad 
mad about is his immigration policy. Now, what is his immigration policy? Yeah, I think it's stupid to build a wall. But essentially, his immigration policy is enforce the law. The law that is on the books, that does exist. He's saying, I want to enforce it. Now, we might think it's unrealistic to enforce it to the extent that he wants with what he said about deporting people. We might think it's wrong, but it is the law. So what they're really protesting is the law of the United States. And yet they're they're focusing it all on just the guy saying enforce the law, not really on the fact that the laws exist or about changing the laws. They're just mad that one guy is boldly saying, I want to enforce the law. That's a very good point. Take a march, march on the White House, write your senator and congressman. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You're completely right. That they you should say be I should be in the White House? Efforts on a completely different matter and trying to change that law. Exactly. Yeah, so folk, if you hate our immigration laws, don't focus on the guy saying we should enforce them. Donald Trump's not asking for new laws. He's asking to enforce the laws that exist now. You can disagree with them, but it's it's insane to just protest violently someone saying to enforce the law. It makes no sense. None. Zero. And, and they're and also the getting other, kicked out, as we've seen, because of the protests. <laughs> and going along kind of with the, the Trump thing, it, that story about Emory, where – The act of apparently writing Trump 2016 is being construed and and maybe this was the purpose, but it just seems hard to believe, you know, as some sort of racial intimidation. Some of these headlines are just like unbelievable. I have a few of them pulled up here Uh, just just to read them to you right now. Emory students terrified by Trump 2016 campus chalkings. Here's another one. Emory president. Students scared and in pain by Trump 2016 shock. I mean, oh, Emory University offers emergency counseling to students traumatized by Trump shocking. I mean, this is insane. Literally insane. It doesn't say, you know, screw Muslims. It doesn't say, you know, we hate Mexicans. It says Trump 2016. I mean, come on. And honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was done as a pure joke. Oh, and I'm I'm 100% positive it was done for this re- to get this reaction. It was I think it was actually done in safe in something in areas they called safe spaces. On, well, they said the no, they said they did it outside of some of the uh, the safe space to chalk Maybe some on were, areas. There's, yeah, there's What's, one claim that says it was in certain areas called safe spaces. Why are there areas called safe spaces? I mean, what is this? What country do we live in now? Well, this is how like, long I mean, ago did we go to college? <laughs> yeah, seriously, this is not an ongoing trend. It's disgusting, and it's. I mean, you look at there's a story like every day about students protesting a speaker coming to campus and you know forcibly blocking it or you know marching on the uh, the dean's office to protest. Like, I think actually, didn't you just interview the uh, the uh, head of the Libertarian Party in Canada, Mark? I think she was wasn't she one of the people that got. Protest well, it's a he, first of all. Oh, sorry. Then I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm You're thinking of, of Lauren Southern, who, okay. Hey, buddy. I, I, yes, Lauren Southern. <laughs> hey, buddy. Well, I'm a he, eh? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I interviewed Tim Moe, and I think what you're thinking of is Lauren Southern, That's who right. Lauren. was actually, if you can believe this, was actually suspended by the Libertarian Party for her protests. Think about that for a second. That's the Libertarian, insane. she was too tough for that. I've been trying to get her on the show, actually, so hopefully that works out. But uh, yeah, she she was protesting basically these women's rights people, and she had and the free the nibble people, and she was basically saying, like, no, you guys are stupid. I mean, basically, just to, to sum it up. And uh, I guess uh, people don't like her speech. So, you know, she she, she was shut down as well. Yeah, because then that was I can't remember what the university was she was speaking at. But they yeah, same thing. She was supposed to speak and they came up. And, it, and again, it's like they're always titled the, uh, you know, the free speech zone or something like that, like the title of the event. And then these people march against it unironically. No idea. Against the free speech zone. Right. Because I mean, as you said earlier, they think that certain points of view should not be allowed to be expressed. And what I always hate about that 
is this concept that, okay, there's one right view and there's one wrong view. It's like, look, you could protest this and you could shut it down, shut down free speech, but opinions change over time. What you think is right today might be wrong tomorrow or three weeks from now. So to, to stop any sort of dialogue is insanity. I'm sure you guys remember at Penn State, uh, for those few newest to the show, we are all Penn State Penn Staters, we are all Nittany Lions. That's where the Lions of Lions of Liberty comes from. So fun fact. But you guys remember the uh, the Penn State preacher, right? He would oh, be yeah. out there every single day on campus preaching all of his stuff, all of his nonsense. Uh, he seemed like a wacko, but you know what? No one ever, no one ever protested to get him kicked off. I mean, he preached against gays. He preached against a lot of things that that people wouldn't like. If he was running for political candidate, you know, he would be get, getting people a lot more riled up than Donald Trump. But You'd people, be dead even with Ted Cruz. <laughs> but but every single day, people went there, and they debated him. And they debated him one-on-one. -on -one. People would stand in a, a circle. He'd say things. And he would he would actually be polite, too. I mean, he was yeah, he polite would. about it. And they would debate for, like, hours every day. And that's how you have a conversation, and that's how you move a dialogue along. Today, he wouldn't – I don't even know if he's still there. I'd be, I'd be interested to find out. Today, he's probably just banned. they probably just say, ah, oh, you can't have this speech. And that's just, like, the exact opposite direction we need to be going. Yeah, the uh, I think the whole First Amendment is based upon, you know, the remedy for what you consider to be bad speech is more speech, meaning, you know, you prove or at least attempt to prove why this other uh, viewpoint is incorrect as much as a viewpoint or opinion can be incorrect. You, you show the, the positives of your point of view and the negative of that point of view. You don't say you're not allowed to talk. Right. And another Man. danger of this as well is I, I was talking with this about uh, on Felony Friday with Odie actually is um, there were women in New York. I think it was it might have been Utica, one of the New York universities that were it was two black girls and they were on the bus and they had accused someone of using racial slurs and attacking them on the bus. And they called it a hate crime is where they position. And they went on TV saying, oh, you know, we were they, they called us these names and we feel attacked and it's they can't believe this happened and stand up against hate. And then it came out that, nope, they had actually caused a fight. It was all on video. There were witnesses to it, and it completely flipped on its head. So really, it was these women starting the entire incident. So if anything, it was a black on white, quote unquote, hate crime. But to bring that back to free speech, you look at this. If we say, OK, certain forms of speech are now considered, quote unquote, hate speech that can't be tolerated. What's the next step? Legislation against that, using that type of speech? And even if there's not legislation, the effects of that being in place like, for example, these protesters could then they, somebody they don't like, they can say, oh, well, you know what? I heard this person saying uh, saying the N word and they said, uh, you know, down with gays. So what's the next step? Then the university is going to do what? Kick them out, shut them down, suspend them based upon an accusation, because now these words have taken on so much more meaning that's misplaced and unfair. Here, here. Ooh, blew it up. <laughs> you just blew up this program with that rant. I thought someone would have something to say to that. That's uh, fine. You said it all, my man. There we go. There's nothing else oh, to say. I'm a mouthful, just like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh. Hey, brother. Terry Bollea is not a mouthful. Only Hulk I Hogan. Can't wait to, I can't wait to Hulk sues this program. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting my money. The IRS already took it all. Um, hey, brother. I heard you're talking about my dick on air. You got to pay the schlong. <laughs> you got to play the schlong toll. Can't wait till Hulk till hashtag Hulk versus Lion starts trending. It's going to be awesome. Um, anything else we got to address before we wrap things up? I know there. Uh, it's, it's actually been nice to barely talk about presidential debates or anything to do with presidential politics. 
All right. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job here. Did we even miss Odie? Was he needed here? I think. I think. I think your your, your time has been served, Odie. Um, I think we can finally part ways, and um, we're not going to need you here anymore. Thank you, though. Thank you for help founding this <laughs> website and podcast. Um, Felony Friday. We'll let you keep that going. How about that? So bye. So later, dude. No, I'm just kidding. John Odermatt, uh, uh, we, we do wish you the best. I'm sure you'll just be listening to this and hopefully recovered from your illness uh, on Monday when this when this airs. We can only hope. We can only hope. Any other final thoughts before we wrap this bitch up? Anything we want to talk about uh, involving Hulk Hogan's penis that we haven't addressed? Or did we cover that? that I think we've covered thoroughly. every inch of it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, the puns are flying today. <laughs> All right, speaking, of, speaking of gray zones, oh, that's a good name for Hulk Hogan's dick. Anytime you can bookend a libertarian program by talking about Hulk Hogan's penis, I think you're, I think you're, you're moving the ball forward, as they say. But next week, why don't I preview next week's show real quick? Because next week, I've got a couple things going on. Or I should say later this week. Later this week, I've got my interview with Austin Peterson, my second discussion with Austin Peterson. He was on the show back in episode 120, which I'll link to in the show notes. And he's coming back on the show because, as you guys may know, he's running for the Libertarian nomination for president. And he's got uh, some opinions and some statements that tend to rankle some feathers sometimes of uh, a lot of the... Diehard libertarians, a lot of people that have been in the movement for a while don't seem to like him. So we address some of those issues on our interview. So stay tuned for that on Wednesday, of course, on Felony Friday. On Friday, you'll have another episode from John Odermatt. And then next week, this is exciting because none of the three of us are going to be involved in this. (laughs) But next week, there is going to be that libertarian debate on Fox Business. And uh, we will have a recap show from from you, uh, from us. None of us will be involved in it because, as I mentioned, Rico and I will be enjoying uh, the men in tights in Dallas. Brian's going to be off galvanting, you know, who knows where. San Diego! Uh, but the aforementioned John Odermatt, so long as he does survive this illness, I've rehired him. He will be hosting the Libertarian Debate Reaction Show for that first Libertarian Debate, uh, along with a couple Lions of Liberty regulars and quite possibly a special guest who will remain unnamed for now. So... All right, That's folks. Well Speaking of propaganda, I think we've dished enough liberty propaganda for this week. So we do appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, and we thank you for your support because without listeners, there's just no reason to be sitting here trying to start a podcast six times before we actually can do it. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like I said, I'd like to make you guys a part of this conversation. My upcoming interview with Austin Peterson features a ton of inter- of questions that I got from listeners of this program, and they gave me those questions over in our private Facebook group. That's the Lions of Liberty Forum. So if you just type Lions of Liberty Forum in your Facebook search bar, you should be able to come right in. We'll let you right in there as long as you don't look like a total spam bot or anything i'll let you right in you can join the conversation you can talk to all of us you can talk to brian you can talk to rico here talk to people you aren't even hearing on the show today um you can also help us out like i said by shopping through our amazon affiliate link at lionsofliberty.com slash amazon if you are a fan of the show i please i encourage you to subscribe on itunes on stitcher radio wherever you listen to the show please hit that subscribe button that really helps get us in front of more people into more earbuds out there and also while you're at it if you could leave us a five-star review or a five-star rating and a great review that would really help us out as well so these are all the ways you can easily help us without spending a dime until next week folks where we'll have much more than not until next week until this wednesday i always forget what day it is it's kind of hard to keep track in the podcasting world but until then folks thank you for joining us and as always live long and, and live, live free, free.
Three.